Hello and welcome to another episode of The Run-In. We're going to have a wrap-up of the year 2021 today. And thankfully, a bit more has gone on in 2021 than 2020. So there is some stuff for us to talk about. First of all, Will, how, how are you doing? Yeah, not too bad. Thanks, Catherine. Back in uh, back in the UK on Terra Firma after a bit of time off overseas. So yeah, doing well, back running and um, yeah, hopefully back orienteering soon as well. Fingers crossed. I went orienteering today, um, did a little bit of training with the Talent South squad. So it's great to see those new um, kind of squads start for, well, next year they'll be upper 16s and then the two years of the 18s um, and it's Talent South, North and Scotland. So it was really great to be able to train with them. And I'm quite happy that I beat all of the girls in the green, <laughs> even <laughs> though uh, I wasn't feeling quite 100% after having my booster jab, but it was a good fun um, race. And to be fair, they'd also trained the previous day and I hadn't. So maybe I should oh, give yeah. them that, you know. No, it, it was it was just nice to see every, all of everybody kind of getting on and having a good time, to be honest. Um, <clears throat> and so we will go through... Um, 2021 and we'll go through some kind of almost like a little award ceremony and pick out some of our highlights of the year although Will and I have both uh not done a whole lot of racing in 2021 I think uh me maybe more so than you like I have done more racing than you but still not not a whole load um because a lot of work stuff has got in the way with you and of course and with you it's been injuries and and things so um Mm. we will try and we're just putting all our caveats, which, you know, it's like it's before a race. We're putting out all our excuses there before we get going, just to say, you know, you may disagree with with our um, choices, but we're kind of going by what we have seen and what we have done um, in 2021. So if this prompts some discussion about what is better than our picks, then good, good, to be honest. So um, be it, yeah. So... We've got, we're going to go through best terrain, best map, best course, best race. Pick, you know, we'll take that where you will. And then award a British Athlete of the Year and an International Athlete of the Year before looking forward to 2022 and a new season. So best terrain, Will, should you start with best terrain? Uh, best terrain. I think it probably, for me, would be the world champs in that sandstone uh, mm-hmm. terrain because it looks so unique compared to what we've had for the last few years, um, especially with the split between forest and uh, there being a lot of Eastern European Baltic stuff in, in Latvia and Estonia and then um, Sweden and Norway as well. So the fact it came, what came back to Central Europe and it was completely different from what we'd seen a lot of recently and just kind of the new challenges that people face, I think, I say the best terrain, yeah. And it looks so nice and runnable oh. and things like that as well. Yeah. For the long distance in the relay, the middle looked awful, oh, I'd like the, to say. So. <laughs> the middle did, but yeah. oh, the pictures of those those rocks and the the kind of mm. undergrowth-free floor and, uh, yes, very steep and everything, but it was amazing. It did look amazing. Yeah. Well, how about uh, yourself, Catherine? Well, I'm going to go for one that I actually ran on for this one. I'm going to go for the Northern Champs at High Dam because I thought that oh. was just really good technical orienteering. And what I said about the time, about it at the time was that there was lots of kind of walls intersecting this area and you'd cross a wall and you'd, you'd almost be transported across the world to some, something slightly different. It'd be a bit that was very open and kind of 
bit rocky and some kind of intricate contours. Then you'd go into a bit which was really kind of marshy and it almost looked like there were islands coming out of this marsh. And then bits which were more kind of recently felled, kind of more big contour shapes and everything. And then you were in the forest and in the in the slope. And it was just that variety and the complexity of that terrain was was such a pleasure to run on. And as someone who had been stuck in the South for a long time, especially during 2020, it was just so good to go and run on the terrain in High Dam in the Lake District. Mm. That was a good one. I did enjoy that one as well. Um, mostly because I think it's probably my only semi-decent run of the year. So, <laughs> for maybe <laughs> other reasons, but yeah. You've got good memories of it. You've got good memories of it. Uh, best map. Um any thoughts for best map? I think a lot of the stuff we've had in the UK this year for elite racing has been exceptional mm. um, mapping standard wise because I know that a lot of the uh, international races have been issues with you know, differing um, map specs and new features or new mm. ways of mapping with overpasses, underpasses, yeah, the underpasses, other things. That, that caused a lot of controversy this year. Yeah, so I think just for pure simplicity of the stuff that I've run on and, and things like that, some of the um, some stuff that's been going on in the Lake District in the UK, um, done by Martin Bagnus, has been mm. exceptional. And you can, well, I think when you finish a race and you can't find fault with anything or go, uh, none of the mistakes were caused by you being quizzical about what's been mapped. It's pretty exceptional. Yeah. Yeah, I want to put a shout out for a race I didn't go to, but one that's been recently, which was the Southeast Sprint Championships, which was in the historic dockyard in Chatham. And it and there was like submarines that they were going around and old historic ships. And it just looked like a cool Not map. in the submarine, obviously. No, no, no. But I think you could go okay. like some of <laughs> them. Be, I think there were some which one. had like underpasses and you could go underneath the boats or round them. Uh. And there was, it just looked really cool and interesting. And I was one that completely passed me by and I was gutted because it just looked like a fun place to run. So not necessarily for like quality of map because I didn't go, but like fun map. That's a big big Mm. shout out. But I really liked running um, when I went to the, uh, like one of the junior tours in Scotland, Ockengarrick, which was used for uh, the Scottish Six Days a few years ago. I just thought that was fantastic and we did a lot of like kind of line courses in there and it's just every detail just seemed to be right and ah oh, I just had a I had a really good time running through that and it was a one where you just were spiking controls with a compass everything just felt like it kind of fitted very very nicely so um yeah I really enjoyed Ockengarrick so that's the mm. one that I'm going to award for best map I, I think one as well for maybe a slight honourable mention for international ones is probably the World Cups in Sweden in Idrifjall because mm. it felt like they were mapped very differently to how a lot of people want, would have wanted them to be mapped on the ground from the people running there from what they were saying about the amount of... because they're just pure white maps and people were saying that oh, it's actually really quite rocky and there's lots of different vegetation changes that mm. went on there but the simplicity to just remove everything and and to not over map and just have a white forest in, t- mm. in its entirety. Just go, there you go, there's no features, just you better run it. Yeah. <laughs> was was quite cool, I think, to see that. And it's just very pure. Yes. Well, let's move on to best course because that's the one I picked, Idrifel, the long oh, distance, is, is wins my award for best course because it felt like a, it looked like a proper long distance with all sorts of different 
challenges and you could see the 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 purpose and the intent with what the planner was doing in that one in putting you straight into the terrain and then a, then a tricky route choice uh, right at the top and then sweeping around the hill and they brought you down to the bottom right next to the lake where the arena was. And then, oh, I can't remember how many metres, 300 metres straight up the hill into that Bermuda Triangle area, which was so tricky, a few short controls in there. Mm. And then again, really tricky kind of coming down. I just thought it was, you know, a, a big long legs where you could have some route choice. I just thought... It, it was it had so much intent for providing so many different challenges to the athletes that i i thought it was a great course i really liked it yeah no that i think that did and that was that whole weekend as well provided so many intriguing narratives <laughs> and just entertaining gps traces as well <laughs> just not knowing where the hell they were yeah. um which did make you feel bad but at the same time i don't know it's kind of to just yeah, be there, sat there, on if, if we had a category fun. maybe we should have had a category for for best mistake, mistake of the year i think you could yeah. pick out quite a few from the anyone from that race gets my vote yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, um, i do want to put an honorable mention in for uh, the set of courses at the SN Trophy that's the, the Southern Navigators regional event that I organised and I thought that we had two planners Mark Foxwell and uh, Debbie Robinson and they were they just planned a fantastic set of courses I didn't think there was a dud course in there and they all provided um, you know a good mix a mixture of legs a good amount of complexity got you in the interesting bits and I because I hadn't seen them beforehand I hadn't seen all of them. I left that to the controller and then I just kept seeing uh, runners come back and having a look at their runs and going, oh, that looks like a nice course. And someone like, oh, that also looks like a really nice course. I'm really gutted that I wasn't that I wasn't running. So I have already done like, uh, I think I've done one of the courses already and I've got, I've got a big collection of all of the maps from that event to go out and run them because it's only about 10 minutes from my house. So I'm very keen to go back there and run all those courses because honestly, they looked amazing. Oh no! I think I've got a few. I don't know if I'm allowed a few, but maybe from different places. In you the can world. give an honourable um, mention. See if you can get one that's one that's your favourite. Um, so I think an honourable mention um, would be uh, one from Australia that I saw um, from the Australian Free Days on Gumble Pinnacles, which not many people ran. Oh. I'm not sure what's just happened to my desk, but it's falling apart. <laughs> um, yeah, great name, and it's just it it. Yeah, people can go and check it out. I think it might be on the World of O's Reach Christmas, which I've only just remembered today as we're recording as a thing. So it could have actually helped me make these decisions, but <laughs> I can't cheat. Um, but that one, I think the M21 Elite course from that just looks brutal with really low vis, loads of rock. Um, it's a really hard, long race. Uh, Spanish National Champs as well, I think was another one with crazy amount of rock and low vis and really hilly. High Dam that you mentioned earlier. Mm. Because that was the uh, the only test race I, I won and did well in this year, and it was my last race of the year, so <laughs> that was a good one for me. Um, and but I think the I think maybe for the invent for the inventiveness of it, I did really enjoy the knockout sprints at European Champs in in Switzerland. Yes, oh, like the the crossing over that was going on on the different bridges in the castle, mm -hmm. the variation of route choices, the hills, the um, and the opportunity the to take a risk and it, for it to pay off at the end as well. Yeah, exactly. And I think that was really quite good planning. And 
I think the way that sprints have been planned all year were pretty cool with mm. the um, the ice arena, uh, the ice skating arena yeah. in the World Cup sprint relay in the final there. But yeah, yep. I'd go for the European sprint knockout. Yeah. yeah. I, I think it's so hard to plan a knockout sprint. I would I would maybe say it's the hardest one because it's mm. so short. I You're trying so. to get complexity in there and you've got to find a good area and make the most of it. It's so easy, I think, to do a rubbish one. And we haven't seen, at least on the World Cup circuit, I don't think we've seen a rubbish one yet. And I'm hoping... Not of the new format, going. no. Yeah, it's going to be very interesting when you have it in Britain next year as well. I think mm. the um, 19th, 25th May Sprint Scotland, we've got the first official knockout sprint race first selection um, for, for next year's World Cups and walks. So it's interesting to see what, what they plan and how they take it forward. Because like you say, cramming that amount of detail and technical difficulty into six minutes yeah. Yeah. is tough. It really is. It yeah. really is tough. Um, we will really look forward to that. Um, best race of the year and take this one as you will best race Um, anything that I won um, (laughs) (laughs) was automatically the best Mm -hmm. anything that I lost um, (laughs) automatically rubbish goes bottom of the pile yeah automatically terrible Um, no it must have been good because people beat me Um, must have been performing exceptionally well Um, I do joke I think probably the middle distance at the World Cup um, for the women's race in Idrifjall was pretty yep. cool to see Hannah Roberg win that in quite a dominating fashion from absolutely mm. nowhere from first yeah. start that was cool um, either that or um, I really I was like going to say the, the knockout sprints again but mm. no, I'm I really go like Hannah. the sprint relay in, in Italy in Cortina for that World Cup where oh that was good yeah every, the lead kind of kept changing so much and people were making mistakes and people were catching up and we haven't seen a sprint relay so close in it feels like years it feels That's like true. always switzerland sweden out ahead mm. oh, they were like what was there going in, going into the last leg like six teams in contention six teams. oh yeah, yeah. it was that was head to head racing that was, was good actually fantastic and on a personal level, the uh, my club does a little handicap race where we all start at specific times and then it's basically the first one to the finish wins. So it's just fun head-to-head racing and you're catching mm. people up and people are catching you up and you're making mistakes and you've got to try and like sprint into that finish and try and beat people. And I just, I really enjoy that format because... Because it's because it's the head to head, and you can get quite competitive with it with people who, because they've started much uh, much kind of earlier or later than you, you'll get grouping up at the end, and you can still race them even though on yeah. a normal course you'd be completely different. So I really enjoyed that that format. I I love that type of racing. Yeah, yeah. Anything head to head is always always brilliant. Yeah, anything head to head, it just uh, for me, it just makes me run better. So I, I'm yeah. always going to no, vote. I am always going to vote for those. Um, let's move on to some of our athletes of the year, and I thought we'd split this into British and international athlete of the year. So we'll start mm. with British. Ooh, I think Alice Leake for um, the performance at Wok this year. Um, after the gap between 2019 and 2021 from going you know ninth place in 2019 and maybe it being a bit of a surprise for people and then to come back two years later cement it consistently and 
Yeah, yeah, it'd be so close to a medal, I think. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, I can't disagree with you. She had a fantastic race and with all the preparation and everything involved and just her reaction, everything was fantastic. And my my pick goes to Megan Carter-Davis, especially for, you know, that long distance race, taking that podium place, that sixth re- uh, place, but also oh, yeah, true. kind of upping her consistency more all round as well uh, and racing well in, in Italy and, um, you know, just kind of creeping up and really, really mixing it in a, in several races with those um, who are the best in the world. It's just was really, really good to see her do that. Um, mm. Honourable mention. I think the British made... girls in general yeah. just stepped up this year. Yeah. And then now there's a few of them who are in that, not like obviously the top where Tove is because it's almost impossible to be in that, but like the bracket underneath mm. where any of them could get on mm. the podium, I think is yeah. is very impressive how there's kind of three or four of them now that can get in there and yeah. do it. And to anyone who made you know British team debuts either at World Cup or World Championships um you know performed really well and to to make to make a debut is a is a huge thing and to kind of pull it off is is even bigger so I think people really did that very well and Megan Keefe who K who won the under 20s European cross-country champs as well let's slide that one in there yeah, <laughs> wasn't it an orienteering though? Well, come on, these are orienteering awards. It was an orienteering, but she is an orienteer, so she is. yeah. Exactly. I think that honourable mention. That's very impressive as well. Okay, um, international athlete of the year. I, I was struggling with this one. Um, I, I I really wasn't sure who to pick because I feel like you have to pick someone from Switzerland or Sweden, based <laughs> on how dominant they were. Um, I reckon Andrina Benjaminson from Norway. Um, okay. Because again, similar to Alice and Meg, you know, after a couple of years out, not being one of the favourites, you know, Simona or Tove, um, and then consistently getting on the podium in different individual races, and then mm. that finishing off that sprint relay at the end of the World Cup season yeah. as well. Yeah, that was style. really yeah, that's such a good shout. My um, my let's do my honourable mentions first, and then do my pick last. So my honourable mentions: Isaac von Krusenfreiner winning the sprint at the world championships i mean that was a surprise that was a surprise um ricardo skelet getting a medal in that middle distance in italy that was Mm -hmm. amazing to see him do that but i know you could talk about tova winning everything at walk she won every everything at walk is just ridiculous um but for me it's got to go to hannah lundberry who that that win at the middle distance in, in um in in Sweden, you know, beating all the Swedes, the way she did it mm. from first place, but then but then not just that that wasn't just as it was the standout moment of her um season, but it it didn't come completely out of nowhere. She's had the other results to back it up. And I think if it was maybe just a one off amazing performance, then you know, we'd be raising our eyebrows or questioning why why she's my pick for International Athlete of the Year. But the fact that she actually has had quite a lot of consistency at the high end for a junior, I thought mm. that was spectacular this year. Definitely. So, yeah, that's our pick. I mean, pretty good. There has been quite a lot of stuff to talk about this year, thankfully. There's been a lot. A lot of great yeah. races. I think with the, yeah, the return of the International Orienteering calendar, it's been... 
they've packed it in and I think they've put good, good terrain, good venues, um, you know, very picturesque, mm. which has, I think, helped along the way with, you know, Wok and then Idrifial, the views from there and the Dolomites. Um, and, and we've yeah, had a British season, more of the same. you know. We had the and British had champs, British as well. Northern champs, Scottish Six Days, uh, Southern champs as well, which we just had. I mean, we've actually managed to have a calendar of events, which was just so great yeah. to be out racing and see everybody being out racing again. Yeah, it feels very strange to actually be able to go and do stuff because this time last year we were just coming out of a lockdown, ready to go back into another Christmas lockdown, and you couldn't travel. Yeah. More than ten miles from your house, so yeah. so to yeah. get so to, to get a whole races. season, you know exactly. It was uh, even though I couldn't travel to any of them, it was just great to even see. But let's look yeah. forward then. Let's let's pick one thing you're particularly looking forward to um, next year, 2022. For me, it's just got to be that there's going to be a sprint world championships in Denmark. Mm. Finally. To there to be a sprint world champs and just the excitement around that and i know there's going to be so much excitement around the british team there's going to be i mean just to make it to those world championships is going to be a scrap it's going to you're going to have to be mm. at the top of your game and it just makes me so excited to to see those races that are going to happen and just the enthusiasm that i know and the support that's going to be behind the team i'm really looking forward to it no i i agree i think that is what I think that's what I'm most excited for as well throwing your hat into the ring back into head to head sprint racing and knockout all of that and and sprint relays and things so it's just going to be no hold barred just fighting for a place and I think everything is so for the British team at least anyway everything is so strong at the moment that you have to you know just get it's not going to scrappy, but yeah, it's going to be pretty cutthroat, I think, on our selection race weekends for a place in the team with yeah. where the team's at and the performances that have happened over the last couple of years for the sprint squad. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's going to be intense. It's going to be good. Yeah, I, I'm so looking forward to that. We will hopefully be back with more episodes um, of the run-in, of course, um, probably a little bit more sporadic than they have been over the general course of 2021. But we will do our best to bring you, to keep you up to date with um, the events that are going on and the people who are making, um, making waves in orienteering in mm. the UK and abroad. Because we're allowed outside now. So yes. <laughs> we, can do, we can travel to events ourselves. Exactly, exactly. Uh, well, we wish you then a very Merry Christmas and um, a Happy New Year as well. And from both of us at The Run-In, thank you so much for listening um, over the course of the year. We've really enjoyed the fact that you've been listening to the podcasts and enjoying them and every all the comments we receive when we see people at events. It's absolutely fantastic. And we will be back then in 2022 yeah terrifying see you then